This is Hacker Public Radio, episode 3013 for Wednesday, the 19th of February 2020. Today's show is entitled Bash Tips 21 Bash Nardo and is part of the series Bash Scripting. It is hosted by Dave Morris and is about 42 minutes long and carries an explicit flag. The summary is environment variables. This episode of HPR is brought to you by archive.org. Support universal access to all knowledge by heading over to archive.org forward slash donate. Hello everybody, welcome to Hacker Public Radio. My name is Dave Morris and today I am going to do a show in the, I guess it's a sub-series of Bash Scripting and the uh, the show is called Bash Tips 21. So the subject of this particular episode is to talk about the environment, that's the the environment in relation, not too surprisingly, to Shell, the Shell Bash, and Bash in particular. So you've probably seen reference to this in various contexts when you're looking at things relating to shells and shell scripts and scripts in other programming languages and compiled programs and stuff. It's often referred to, um, not sure that all references are well explained. So in Unix and Unix-like operating systems, like Linux, of course, there is an environment which is maintained by the shell. And uh, in this case, obviously, we're looking at bash. So when a script or a program or a subprocess is invoked, it's given an array of strings called the environment. And this is a list of name and value pairs in the form of name equals value. So the environment is used to convey various bits of information to the executing script or program or whatever. For example, two standard variables you'll see there, which are provided by the shell, are home, H-O-M-E in capitals, which is set to your, or the current user's, home directory, which it's been taken from the etc. password file, and PWD, all in capitals, which is set to the current working directory. The user of the shell can set and change and remove and view environment variables for their own purposes, as we're going to look at in this episode. And uh, as I've already said, Bash itself creates and some in some cases manages environment variables. It's slightly confusing that Bash maintains its own set of variables which are um, they're, they're actually referred to in the manual as, as Bash variables I think. I didn't check this. But uh, they contain information about 
the version of Bash and, and things like that. Sometimes they, they're changing. Bash is changing them. But these are not environment variables. They're not variables in the normal sense and you can't change them mostly. Now one important point about all of this environment stuff is the environment contains global data which is passed from a parent process to child processes and it's a way of communicating information down that particular tree. But it's not possible for a sub-process to pass the information back to the parent. The subprocess can change these these environment variables as it wishes, as is necessary, but that's private to it or any um, subprocesses which are created during the running of that particular thing. So you can look at the environment in a number of ways. There are quite quite a few actually. I'm going to go through them all, not in great depth, but um, with references to where you can find more. But uh, I thought it was useful maybe to, to do the whole lot because I certainly found this a little bit confusing. There are so many ways of getting to the same stuff. So you can view stuff from the command line with the command printn, P-R-I-N-T-E-N-V. Depending on which release of um, Linux or Unix you're running, sometimes it's a built-in command, sometimes it's a standalone command. In my particular case on Debian, it's uh, slash user slash bin slash printenv. I'm going to just mention these things now and then drill into them a bit later. There's a command env, E-N-V, which, which without any arguments does the same thing as printenv, without arguments. This is actually a more complex tool which you can use to run an a program in a modified environment. We're going to look at this later. And then scripting languages like Orc and Python and Perl and so forth can view and manipulate the environment. And of course, compiled languages such as C can do this too. And there are some other commands that will show the environment, which we'll also look at. So how would you change the environment? Change variables in the environment. These variables are not significantly different from the shell parameters we've looked at throughout the Bash Tip series. The only difference is that they have a marker associated with them which says they are to be exported. So that means that, that they're copied to commands and subprocesses and so on, subshells. You'll often see variables in the environment referred to as environment variables. I think I've probably done this already in this particular episode. The bash manual makes a distinction between ordinary parameters, as it calls them, or variables, as you might also call them, and environment variables. But many other sources are a lot less precise about which is which. I suppose it doesn't really matter, except that you want to know which ones are being exported and which are not. And you can flip variables between the two states too. So I've got a list here of how you can create or change variables, environment variables. They can be set up at login time and as a systems administrator you can set these globally for everybody who ever logs into this system. Or you can set it up, set them up locally um, for a particular user, yourself probably. And this is done through a bunch of configuration files. Now I plan to talk about Bash's configuration files and some of the others that uh, are relevant in a later show, so I'm not going to dig 
more deeply into that today. When you invoke a command or a script, you can precede it with name equals value expressions, and these will temporarily place the variables into the environment for the command. There's also an export command, which allows you to create a variable and set it and uh, mark it as being exported. The declare command, which we've seen before, will take the hyphen x option, which does this when you create something that way. When you've got an environment variable set up, it can be changed at any time in the subshell with a command like myvar equals 42, just as for a normal variable. The shell just changes the, the value, not paying any attention to whether it's exported or not. The export command can also be used to turn off the export marker on a variable. And uh, as usual, you can delete these variables with the unset command, as we've seen in an earlier episode. So we're going to drill down into these as we go. So let's start with temporary addition of a, of a variable to a command's environment. So for example, I've got a, an awk script which has actually been placed in the temp directory slash tmp and I've called it awktest.awk and it consists of a single line begin in capitals open curly bracket print hello world in quotes close curly bracket. It's possible to invoke awk to execute this file by setting up the environment variable awk path. And this is a list of directories where awk looks to find script files. And you can obviously give it the full path to the file as well, but here's, this is a slightly more convenient way. So here's the example. If you typed on your command line awk path, where awk path is in capitals, A-W-K-P-A-T-H equals, and then slash T-M-P, so that's declaring it as containing the one directory temp, then follow that by a space and awk calling awk space hyphen f space awktest, the name of the file. And then you find that it will run and you will get a hello world message back. Now we didn't put the dot awk suffix on, on that file and that was taking advantage of the fact that when awk searches for the file using awkpath it will accept files with, with that name directly or ones with a .awk suffix. It's really important to separate the setting of this environment variable awkpath from the awk command by space, not a semicolon. If you put a semicolon in there, it will split this line into two commands which will not be related to one another. They will not communicate with one another. So it wouldn't have achieved what you wanted and awk would not have found the, the file. The awk path variable is not changed in the parent process. That is the process that runs awk. You could look at it afterwards and see before and after and see, see the effects. I haven't done that in the notes here. So it's a, just a temporary thing and is passed to the child process. And it lasts just as long as the command runs. Okay, so that is quite a useful thing to be able to do to pass an environment variable down to a subshell subcommand. So we'll now look at the printenv and env commands. Printenv 
without arguments just lists all the environment variables. If you follow it with the list of variable names, it will print only those. But the difference is, with no arguments, it prints out, fairly obviously it would do this, name equals value pairs, so you, you know what the variables are called and what their values are. But if you specify specific variable names in the printm command, you will just get the values printed. Now the env command, env command, is... I thought it was worth spending a little bit of time on what you can do with it. We probably... I think we've seen this before. I can't remember if I've talked about this or just shown it without explaining it. But it's... um. It either will either print a list of environment variables or it'll run a command in an altered environment. So it's a it's another way of doing this and uh, and probably a, a more convenient way of doing it. So I've got a little table here of some of the options that you can provide. And the first one is a simple hyphen or hyphen i or double hyphen ignore environment. So what that does is when n runs it given that it can produce its own environment, it creates an empty one. Hyphen zero or hyphen hyphen null will end each output line with zero, a zero byte rather than a new line. Hyphen u or hyphen hyphen unset equals name will remove a variable from the environment that you're creating. So you might want to pass an environment through to a to a program and remove a particular thing that's available in the parent environment. Hyphen capital C or hyphen hyphen chdir equals directory will change the working directory to that particular directory. And the last one is, is quite important, or well, the next one. Hyphen capital S or hyphen hyphen split hyphen string equals s. It will process and split s into separate arguments. So you would use that to provide arguments to to env as shown in the sort of template of the, the command. And um, it's particularly useful in passing multiple arguments when you're using this in uh, um, an executable script, which we'll look at in a moment. There's a hyphen lowercase v or hyphen hyphen debug option, which shows verbose information as it um, does its stuff. So end is followed by, by options, if you wish, and it's then followed by name equals value things, as many as you wish, or none at all. And then it's followed by a command which takes its own arguments. Now, it's often used in shell scripts to run the correct interpreter on the, the hash bang or shebang line, the line, the first line of the file which begins with hash exclamation mark. And you don't need to know the path of the thing. It is necessary to know the path of env, but this is usually user bin env. So, for example, to run a Python 3 script, you might begin with hash exclamation mark slash user slash bin slash env space python3. So we don't, don't know where python3 is because we let env work it out for us. So that's really convenient. Now the hyphen capital S option 
is important if the interpreter needs its own options. So I've got an example here. There's a file called, I haven't actually provided these for you, but they're, they're just listed here, Orc Test 1, which consists of this um, hashbang line with Orc space hyphen F in it. And the contents of the the script are another begin with a print hello world in it. So if you invoke orc test one, you get error messages. And that's because N doesn't know how to interpret orc space hyphen F all by itself. And it says use hyphen capital S to pass options in shebang line. So it, it knows that it doesn't know when it tells you how to rectify things. So if we make another script orc test two and in there, in the, in the, uh, the hashbang line, we follow N with space hyphen capital S. Then we can put space orc space hyphen F and a print hello world body of the thing. When you run that, it works. So if you are in the business of invoking orc scripts as executable files with a hashbang to start them and you like to use n because it's a more reliable way of finding the the application that you're the interpreter as they call it which you're trying to run then this is a, an important thing for you now the n command can also be run from the command line in a similar way to the way we saw earlier on where you just put uh, um, name equals value you proceed that with env, env space, and we've got here msg in capitals equals in quotes hello, print env msg, and what it returns is hello. So what that's done is it, env has created the environment variable msg, and is then, and then we run print env to look at the contents of that msg value, which uh, we see is hello. And if you then follow that with the command print msg, nothing is returned because the variable has been deleted once that particular command has run. It's no longer available because the environment for that particular command has gone away. Now I've given another example where you can do the same thing, setting the options, the end options of hyphen v, which is debug and i which is to clear the environment and then do the rest of the stuff and you then get a debug info which says cleaning environment and then set env msg equals hello executing print env arg0 equals print env message equals hello so it's it's uh, it's just got a lot more chatty about what it was doing but it's quite interesting, I find it interesting, to see what it's actually doing. That's enough about ENV, I think, but uh, there's a lot more information in the GNU Core Utils manual if you want to get more into it. So looking at the declare command, we saw this earlier in the series, and you can use it to create variables and arrays, but if you use the hyphen X option, then the variables created are also marked for export to the environment and uh, can be used by subsequent commands, subcommands, and so on. You can't export arrays this way. 
Bash doesn't have this capability. Apparently it was planned to add this at some point in the past, but it has not been implemented. don't know whether it ever will be, but uh, you can't copy arrays to the environment of a subcommand. Remember, declare-p can be used to show the, the actual declare command that you would need to use to create a variable. And uh, you'll see them being shown as declare with a with a, a hyphen x. If you want to limit your looking at variables, environment variables, um, then you can use declare space hyphen p space hyphen x, and it'll only report back the exported ones. So personally, I quite like doing that because it gives you a little bit more information about variables if you're searching for what they are and how they've been set up and so on. But um, So next we've got the export command. This is the one you most often see in example scripts and so forth. And it will mark variables to be passed to child processes in the environment in, in the usual way. And the, the template is export with followed by a hyphen F or a hyphen N or both of a hyphen P and then name equals value. So in short, you can use it to export a variable that's already been set. You can use it to set a new variable and export it. And you can also use it to display stuff. The hyphen N option says to mark the variables that are arguments to the command not to be exported. In other words, it switches off the, the marker that says export this. There is a hyphen F option, which lets you export shell functions, but I'm not going to go into this. I might leave that until I haven't actually covered shell functions in any depth. That again is, is, is queued up for later, so I'll talk about this more then. The hyphen P option displays output in a form that you can reuse. And if you just write export space hyphen P, then you get back a whole bunch of the environment variables, which is similar to if you used declare space hyphen X space hyphen P. So if we look at the example where we had awk path pointing to temp, and uh, we then ran an awk script that was sitting in the temp directory. You could have done this by uh, typing two lines, first one being export awk path equals temp, and then calling awk hyphen f space awk test, and it would have worked. But awk path would have then been set in the current environment with a to temp. So uh, unlike the other one where it, it just happens for that command invocation is then reset. Just as an aside, you might see cases in scripts where variables being set. So my example is TZ, that's the time zone, equals, and in quotes, Europe slash London, close quote, semicolon, export TZ. And that's just the old way of doing it because I think earlier versions of export didn't allow you to both uh, initialize and export variable at the same time. But you can nowadays you'll see stuff where it's just done um, with tz equals 
after the word export. Now, there's a thing about the set command, which I have included here in the notes. We've looked at the set command in many, many uh, contexts already, and there's lots of options to it. This time we're going to... We actually need to look at it in a lot more detail, the set command, in order to, to fully understand it, but um, I'm not going to do that this time. Set space hyphen K does things in relation to environment variables. Now, I've written this all out and it gets quite involved and I'm feeling myself a little bit reluctant to go into depth with this in the audio, to be honest with you, because the times you'd want it, as far as I can make out, very, very few, the, the effect of it, and um, it seems extraordinarily obscure to me. I was interested in finding it and also understanding it. And I've written down what I what I discovered in the notes here, but I'm not going to talk about them. So, okay, so so it's it's basically about how you pass environment variables when you invoke a script. And I've demonstrated how you can precede the the, the script invocation with setting up a uh, an environment variable, but you can also embed it amongst the arguments of the script. And But this only works if you use set-k before you do so. If you think that sounds interesting, then go and have a look at the notes in more detail, and there are links to how you can uh, use this. I'm not sure it ever says why you would want to, because I'm not quite clear myself. But uh, So how would you use, why would you use environment variables? You've probably seen reference to these things when reading man pages. We've already had some minimal demonstrations of how you can change the behavior of orc with with orc path. And, of course, there's a lot of similarities with this in many commands that you'll find on your Linux system. It's common for complex information about the running of a script or a program to be conveyed through configuration files. But it's not uncommon still to see environment variables being used as a way to, um, to communicate this stuff. So, for example, the GNU Privacy Guard command, GPG, it uses a thing, uh, an environment variable, GNUPG home, all in capitals, and this specifies the a different directory to be used instead of the default, which is in the home directory, dot GNU PG, lowercase. It's also things like in Postgres, the command line tool, this is PSQL, and this is the thing that allows you to interact with a Postgres database from the command line. There's a whole load of environment variables that can be used to, to provide defaults for running this. So PG database is one, so you don't have to tell PSQL which database you want to open. PG host, where the, which machine holds the database. PG port, which port to use on it. PG user, which user to log in as. So it's quite common to see this sort of stuff. So in general, environment variables will do two main things. Pass information about the login environment, such as the shell, the desktop, the user, 
For example, shell, variable shell in capitals, contains the current shell, such as slash bin slash bash. Desktop session defines the current desktop environment, such as, in my case, XFCE. User defines the current username. And these are all created during login and can be controlled by configuration files or are just defaulted by the shell itself, bash. And you can also use environment variables to pass information to scripts, to commands and programs. And these variables can be set in the shell's configuration file or on the command line, so temporarily or permanently. And we've seen a fair bit about how you do that. I'm going to talk, as I said, I think already more about configuration files in relation to bash in a, an upcoming show. It can be argued that any complex software system is better controlled through configuration files rather than through environment variables. So you, it's not uncommon these days to see files written in the YAML or JSON formats being used to communicate stuff to programs and scripts. I, I certainly do this myself. And uh, it um, allows a lot of settings to be controlled in one place. It doesn't fill up the environment with lots of variables because there's no such concept as arrays within environment variables. You can't just say, here's an array with all the settings, which would have been nice. Uh, so it's usual to have a configuration file containing this stuff. So now I'm going to dig into some examples. And because the examples are... Um, I've shown the actual scripts that I'm running and then shown the output from the scripts... I'm not going to go into a vast amount of detail in the audio because you can uh, you can check this out yourself in the, in the notes. So my first example, which is called bash21ex2.sh, what this is doing is it's running bash through using env to start with. Then it is setting uh, variables within the script and then is running the different forms of say variables one variable uh, is showing examples of how you would get information from the environment so it's setting a thing a variable called bt version to 21 so bt version is just my idea of having a bash tips version so this is show 21 so we bt version equals 21 export bt version. And then we use env to pull back um, some variables and print env and export and declare. Just to demonstrate the different ways in which you can do it. The variables I'm looking at are the editor variable, which is a standard thing for defining which editor you, you want to default to shell which is the shell that's currently running this script and bt version the thing i just declared in the case of env you can't easily pick out the individual variables because env just dumps the whole lot in the case of print env you can specify the variables you want to see but you can't do that with export and you can't do it with declare so i've used grep in each case to pull out the specific thing and you can see at the end um, the, the running of this thing and the sort of way in which things are shown 
as I said before, export prints out the contents of stuff, but it looks just like you'd use declare to do it. Don't know how useful that is. It doesn't do anything very special, but just to give you some idea of how these commands work. So next example is showing how you could write an awk script to look at the environment. So in this case, it's not using env to invoke awk. It's just using awk itself, path to awk, with a hyphen f because it wants to read the commands, uh, the actual awk script from the, the file. And it's a begin rule and in it is simply a loop which goes through an array called environ and environ is indexed by the names of the variables so for each one we print out the word environ square brackets and then the name that we get back and then the value so that's all we do i ran this with an account which I've reserved specifically for doing HPR episodes, HPR demo, I've called it. And it, it has a pretty minimal set of um, environment variables set up by default. So the list is fairly short. And I, there's a little note here which talks about how I did this and the fact that it's done through an SSH connection. So that will have affected the contents of the, the listing, which you see here in the notes. But anyway, just to give the point that these things are available in scripting languages and, uh, and in programs too. And the next one, example four, is another quite simple thing where you invoke the script, it's the bash script, and it will report back the contents of particular variable, environment variable. Actually, uh, just variable of its own, any variable it will report back. Now I look at it. So I'm running it. The script starts off by doing a quick check to see if there are arguments. If not, then it will exit with an error message. But if there are arguments, then it will loop through them and report what uh, what they are using declare to, to do it and there's a for loop for arg semicolon space do which is simply a way of walking through all of the arguments to a script so if I run it with the single argument shell in capitals and I get back a declare declare space hyphen x space shell equals and then in quotes slash bin slash bash and then the next example shows uh, the script being run with some temporary environment variables. So I've declared two of them. One is compass, which is set to the value north, weather, set the value wet. And we then run the script with the two variables, two names, compass and weather. We get back the, the contents of the two. They both come back with a hyphen X in front of them because we have, um, by doing this temporary environment variable business, have put them in the, in the environment for that script. Now, I'm just talking here about using export in bash configuration files. It's the, uh, the next example. 
and I've included bash 21 underscore ex5.sh which simply shows some of the uh, the environment variables that I'm currently using in my own bash configuration just uh, just three of them in fact but just to demonstrate this I'm going to go in a lot more detail about this in an upcoming show so I'll not really comment on maybe I should actually yeah so the first one is setting the variable path path is a standard thing that's set by by bash I think and is modified by the default configuration files what I'm doing here is setting using export to uh, set path in capitals to equal then the con the current contents of path which is dollar open curly brackets path close curly bracket and then a colon and then dollar home slash bin so what path actually is is a list of directories where bash is to look to find things to execute so if you ask if you run ls or something it will is ls built in the commands which are not built in like print end we know that's not built in bash will go and find it by searching your path if, if you mess your path up then you will find that things don't work because bash can't find them but what i've done here is to add to the end of this my a bin directory my own home directory and that's where i put tools that i use that i've written myself and use often and uh, they just run as if they're built-in commands. So the, you always see the warning in this case, do not add dot to the end of this. So don't put colon dot on the end of your path. What that would do would be to run scripts by looking for them in your current directory. But that is a, a vector for all manner of attacks. Um, running things out of your, your current directory is n never a good idea to, to, to automate through path. Then the other two variables are editor and visual, which are things where you, you set the preferred editor. Edit, editor in capitals is a lightweight editor you want to use for quick and dirty edits, and it defaults to nano, but since I hate nano, I don't use it, I use vim. And visual is for a more sophisticated editor where you would I've again used Vim, but you might want to use all manner of things, Gedit or Emacs or whatever takes your fancy. Now, my final example is probably another one I am going to skip in terms of the audio. And I've even said in the notes that you might want to just skip it anyway when you come to, to read things. Let me just give you a little bit of the background and then, then leave it there. Back in 2013, I wrote a script bash script which i wanted to help me to submit shows to hbr because every time i organized a, a new show i would do something daft get something wrong in the uh, the setup so i had been accused of if in doubt write a script but <laughs> i write scripts to protect myself from myself <laughs> and uh, i quite enjoy writing scripts as well so that's what I did. And the intention was, perhaps this might be of use to others. So I wanted it to be written entirely in Bash. So I decided I wanted a way of, of setting up a configuration, some conf configuration info for a particular episode. And I decided I would 
do this using environment variables created through an export command. So I've included a file called bash21 underscore ex6 underscore one dot cfg which lists the, the various settings. I'm still sort of semi-using this, by the way, but it never reached the point where it, it, was, it was something I'd want to publish because it is a horrible clunky thing. Anyway, it, um, it sets up things like the name of the project. The project is actually the name of the directory that holds it, which is derived from the title. And the tags are in there, whether it's explicit or not. If there's a series associated with it, the email associated with it, which I've obscured here, the actual title, bash tips, hyphen 21, and so on and so forth. In there, though, there's an array. C underscore CFG underscores files is a list of files which comp comprise the, the bits of this particular show, which at some point... I would have uploaded to HPR server. When this was originally designed, we used FTP, so these were the files that got uploaded through FTP. Got lots of underscores in the names, but those get replaced by the, the slot number when the thing is finished. So sourcing this configuration file would cause all the exports to be invoked, and all of these variables to appear in the environment and so on and so forth except that the array wouldn't work that way so it wouldn't be possible to call a sub command and expect it to be able to see the array however every time the sub commands run they source this file so even though the array doesn't get put in the environment it gets put in the local list of variables so it sort of worked. Well, it's really clunky and weird. That seemed like a great idea in the time, a long time ago. So um, that's my preamble, really. What I'm doing in the example is taking this file and converting it in a little script to make a different format thing which uses declare, which is probably a better way of doing it. But uh, it's it was just a, a novelty, really, just to demonstrate some of the weird and wonderful things you could do if you were you were so minded uh, oh yeah and the declares would not have used the environment they would have just written stuff into the the current list of uh, of, of variables i think i'll i'll call it quits at that point because this this is quite a long show as it is so time to go okay i hope you found that useful and um i will try and do the next one in this series a little bit quicker than the last one. I took a rest and the rest was so nice I let it run on a bit long. Okay then, bye now. You've been listening to Hacker Public Radio at hackerpublicradio.org. We are a community podcast network that releases shows every weekday, Monday through Friday. Today's show, like all our shows, was contributed by an HBR listener like yourself. If you ever thought of recording a podcast, then click on our contribute link to find out how easy it really is. Hacker Public Radio was founded by the Digital Dog Pound and the Infonomicon Computer Club and is part of the binary revolution at binrev.com. 
If you have comments on today's show, please email the host directly, leave a comment on the website, or record a follow-up episode yourself. Unless otherwise stated, today's show is released under a Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 license. Thank you.